This is Ben Powers coming at you from the Commander's Voice. My guest today is Mr. Martin Sambrook. He's joining us from England. I'm really excited about that. He's the author of the book Lions in the Jungle, which is about the Chindits and uh, Brigadier Wingate operating in Burma against the Japanese during World War II. Uh, that's a really exciting topic. Uh, they operated with American glider forces during World War II. The, uh, the original air commandos operated in support of them, and it's an aspect of airborne operation that I'm really eager to pursue. Uh, conversation about. So Martin, thank you for joining us tonight. Absolute pleasure. So the coolest thing uh, about having you on as a guest, Martin, is this is a, uh, a an opportunity to talk to somebody who's had a chance to interview folks who participated in relatively lesser known operations in World War II. People who are real fans of, uh, of Airborne kind of focus on uh, the ETO, Sicily, Italy, definitely Normandy and Market Garden. Uh, if they're really hardcore, they talk about operations in the, uh, in the Pacific, like the 11th Airborne Division, but nobody really focuses on Burma. So how did you get um, involved in researching this aspect of World War II? Okay, um, <laughs> in a kind of roundabout way, um, I, I met some veterans in a restaurant in my hometown uh, and they were, gosh, this was about 10 years ago now, so they would have been in their mid-80s, I guess. And they were absolutely splendidly turned out in their uh, suits, ties, reg you know, regimental ties and uh, medals. And they were just out for, for a lunch. And uh, I got chatting with these guys. And, uh, and I said, where, where did you serve? And they said, uh, we were chindits. And to my shame, I didn't know what a chin it was. I, I, it was kind of somewhere in my mind, but I wasn't quite sure what it was. Uh, and uh, it, it, it was a really interesting uh, conversation I had with these guys. And uh, it, it got me reading more about the Burma campaign uh, and, and, the, and the war in the Far East. Um, and then over a period of time, you know, given the amount of military history I was reading, I, um, I decided to take a master's course in military history. Um, and it's a, it was a master's, uh, a research master's, so you have to find a, a historical question uh, to, to, to research. And um, I was originally going to do a research project on Sherman and the march to the sea, um, being a, a interested in American military history as well. Uh, but I, because of some research, research challenges you know, on the other side of the pond, or having been based here in the UK, I decided to go for the Chindits where I read um, more ready access to the research files, which is kind of odd in a way because I ended up spending a lot of time in the digital archives of the US <laughs> because that's where the research took me. It was kind of interesting. But in a, that's a bit of a roundabout answer, but that's, that, that's kind of the, the, the background to it. Uh, and then during the latter stages of the, of, of, of the research, I got involved with um, a group called the Chindit Society which is the successor organization to what was known as the uh, the, the Burma Star uh, organization and they they were formed for the uh, the veterans of the Far East uh, Britain's Forgotten Army as they were termed uh, and, and uh, the, the Chindit Society were a subgroup of this and that uh, is still in in, in force as um, a charitable organization for the Chindits who's surviving the veterans who survived 
and also for the families of, of former Kindits. Uh, and a couple of times a year they get together for um, dinners and for you know, engagements and you know, veterans and their families come together. Uh, and it's fantastic to see these guys in their 90s, some of them over 100, still turning up for the Chindit events uh, and, and, and getting to chat with some of them. Um, yeah, yeah, unbelievable. And, and we've just had VJ Day, of course, uh, just a couple of weeks ago um, for the end of the war in Burma. Uh, and the Chindits were well represented at the celebrations that were taking place, or the commemoration, I should say, not celebration. Certainly. Well, that's a very amazing story. It's always a treat to get to talk to the veterans of, uh, of World War II. They tend to be as, as sharp as you imagine they'd been 75 years ago. That, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, for my listeners who may not be familiar with operations in Burma, can you tell them a little bit about uh, why the Chinese were organized, what their mission was, what the, uh, how they became a, a, an air mobile force, uh, if you will, and yeah. if you could also tie in the American connection with the air commandos. Yeah. So this might ramble on for a little while, so, so bear with me. Uh, the, the, uh, the origin of the Chindits is very much the, the brainchild of, of the commander of the Chindits, General Ord Wingate, or Major Ord Wingate as he was at the time. He, he found some favour and disfavour, I have to say. He was very much an anti-establishment figure, and that resonates throughout the history of, of Wingate and the Chindits and has resonated through to this day. But he, he, he um, made a name for himself in the Middle East uh, in the early uh, stages of the Second World War. And, and indeed, before, he, he, he was um, working with the British Army uh, in Palestine, as it was at the time, to counter the uh, Arab insurgency. Uh, and he helped to organise um, the, the, the Jewish... Um, fighters, uh, the Jewish brigades who fought to, 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 to arm the kibbutzes and arm the towns against the incursions from the, from the Arabs because the, the, the British also need to protect the oil pipelines, the usual economic <laughs> interest. In um, but he became very um, attached to the Jewish cause um, and became somewhat of a champion of Jewish rights which wasn't quite the right thing to do when the British were there trying to hold the balance between the Jewish interest and the Palestinian interest. Uh, and because he became such an advocate, it was seen best that he was sort of bundled uh, uh, out of Palestine um, to, uh, to try and settle things down a little bit, much to his uh, disgust. He then found fame um, fighting against the Italians in the early stages of the Second World War. And he organized what he, what he was to call long range penetration. And the idea was that you send um, lightly armed columns of troops deep behind enemy lines to disrupt their lines of communication. Um, and he evolved these ideas. And his, his, his ultimate commanding officer in that campaign was um, General Wavell, who became the Supreme Commander in the Far East uh, at the time of the Japanese invasion. Uh, and Wavell had seen the success that uh, Wingate had in, in wresting uh, Eritrea back from the Italians. Uh, and um, in that campaign, he famously rode into, uh, uh, into the capital 
in, in Eritrea with uh, Haile Selassie, the emperor, in, in, in tow with him to put him back on the throne. Um, so you can see it's quite a colourful character, this, this, this Wingate guy. Um, but he gets called by and by, again, some ups and downs in terms of disgrace with the establishment, but he gets called by Wavell anyway, back to uh, active service um, during the Japanese invasion in 1942. Um, and he, he, he he was given the brief to try and do something about challenging the Japanese comfort in the jungle, because the, the, the British were a very road-bound uh, military organisation. And this is where the air power becomes important later. But the British mentality was very road-bound. Road you, know, it, it, you know, supplies were by road, everything moved by road, line of communication by road. So the Japanese tactics of short hooks through the jungle, they, they cut off the British on their road-bound um, tactics, uh, and, and, and panic would ensue, and, 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 and you know, defeat after defeat for the British in their engagements. And it famously became the, uh, the longest retreat in British military history across the length of Burma um, over several months, uh, and the remnants of the British army straggled out of North, out of Burma into northeast India, um, starving, bedraggled, and short of all of their weapons and armor. Uh, massive humiliation. And Wingate was uh, observing all of this and, and, and trying to understand the tactics that could be used to counter this advantage that the Japanese had. And he took this idea of long range penetration as a, 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 as a philosophy of how you can fight in the jungle against the Japanese and, and beat them at their own game. A uh, bit of a rambling answer, but that's, that's where we are. Uh, and then from there, he was given a mission by Wavell for the first Chinit operation in February of 1943, uh, which, which was supposed to be part of a wider British advance. Uh, but the story of Burma was that the British cancelled um, advance after advance, all plans got canned, primarily because of the lack of resources because of the Germany first strategy. You know, the army in Burma, uh, in India, was the forgotten army because they, had, they, didn't, they didn't have the material to fight, to fight against the Japanese. They, they, you know, they had a, you know, a million men under arms, if not more, but they didn't really have the material to, to, to wage warfare in any meaningful way. The Navy was preoccupied in Europe uh, and the Atlantic. Uh, the US Navy was preoccupied with the Pacific campaign. Um, so, you know, there weren't really the resources there. So, again, cut a long story short, uh, what was called, uh, termed Operation Longcloth took place in February uh, uh, to April uh, of uh, 1943, uh, where the Chindits the alone, about 3,000 of them, marched in to Burma. Uh, in, in, in about six columns of men, of about 500 men each, uh, and their transport were donkeys, or, or mules I should say, um, and everything was by pack animal, and, and they went into these columns on, on different routes through the jungle, advancing to Burma, about 150, 200 miles behind Japanese lines, caused a little bit of chaos, um, and then uh, once the Japanese realised what was going on, they retreated, but not before they'd, they'd suffered quite heavy losses 
uh, due to disease, malnutrition, uh, you know, and, and trying to supply them was difficult because that hadn't yet been perfected as an art, that, you know, the supply drop in, in the jungle. But it was a very important stepping stone in the British learning how to fight in the jungle. Um, so, so that's how it, how, that, that's the story of how it started. And that takes us up to, I guess, the real meat of the Chindit story, which is um, how the Americans get involved uh, and how they make the Chindits an air mobile organization. Exactly. So this is a great place to bring it up now. So how did the uh, Phil Cochran and uh, Colonel Allison and the air commandos get married up with uh, General Wingate and his Chindits? Yeah, so so what we have to do is sort of step back from, you know, what's happening in Burma and, and, and look at a bit of the grand strategy that's going on with, with Churchill and Roosevelt and the chiefs of staff. The Americans are getting pretty ticked off with the British uh, at, the, at, at the Casablanca conference about what they saw as the British um, reluctance to either advance quickly across the channel to fight the Germans or indeed to engage with the Japanese in Burma. Um, so coming out of the Casablanca conference in January of 43, um, the Americans were, were trying to pin it on the British to actually make some commitments um, and, and, and buried in the in the records of the Casablanca conference you find reference to the Chindit operation where the British try to say look we, we're doing something there is an advance going on um, and then this theme recurs um, at the uh, at the Trident conference in Washington in uh, I think it was in uh, in May of uh, 43 and then again General Marshall and the Chiefs of Staff are really getting exasperated at the British reluctance to engage with the Japanese and actually commit to doing something you know, this side of, of Christmas 43. Um, and things come to a head at the, the next conference, which is at Quebec in the August of 43. Uh, and Churchill is really on the hook to try and do something now. For, for, for Roosevelt and the, and the American chiefs of staff. And he, he this, uh, this episode where Wingate goes into the jungle with his troops in the February to April is a real tonic for the British spirits. After a litany of defeats and retreats, uh, the press make the most of the story about how the British have taken the Japanese on at their own game in the jungle uh, you know, and, it, and, it, and you know, really pumped up the the, the reputation of the, of the British troops because um, it certainly needed something. Um, and Churchill dramatically gets Wingate to fly back from Burma to London for a briefing to to to, to debrief the British chiefs of staff. Uh, and the at that briefing he. he and he has a dinner with uh, with Wingate, and he quickly decides he's going to take Wingate with him to the Quebec conference. You know, this is a guy in the hierarchy of the British Army who's pretty low down, <laughs> and yet Churchill <coughs> decides to take him with him. And this is one of the things where the historical 
uh, writings about Chingits and, 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 and the British military establishment try to castigate the whole Chindit episode as a folly of Churchill's uh, and the ego of Wingate. But what you have to realise is that Wingate was invited because of the need for Churchill to get agreements at the strategic level with the Americans, not just in Burma, but in the sanctity of the Germany First strategy uh, and, and, and the whole hierarchy of, of, of what operations are going to happen where and when. In, in, in 1944. Uh, and and the Chindits and Wingate become a bargaining chip in this for Churchill, where he can demonstrate to the, uh, the American uh, chiefs of staff that, that, that the British are going to be active in Ghana. Um, and interestingly, um, Marshall, and specifically Arnold, General Arnold, um, chief of the, uh, the, the army, um, say, okay, we'll, we'll back you, because they hear the plans and, and, and they've heard the stories of how difficult it is to march in, 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 through, through the jungles in Burma, because, you know, you've got these rivers a mile wide, you've got Razorback Hills 3,000 feet high, all covered in jungle, and in the monsoon uh, conditions as well. Uh, you know, how, how do you fight in that terrain? Uh, and uh, Arnold said, we'll make you air mobile. Um, and uniquely, I think, in World War II, what Arnold, General Arnold does, he summons um, both uh, Allison and Cochrane for an interview. And they end up being joint commanders of this combined air wing. And, it, and as far as I've read, it, it's a unique thing in, in, uh, in, in, in uh, aviation history in World War II, where you've got this air wing that's a combination of um, fighter bombers, fighters, transports, uh, and of course gliders, uh, and prototype helicopters. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you can imagine the, the jealousy, the envy of the British military establishment in India, starved of resources, and Wingate comes back from the Quebec conference like a kid who's just <laughs> Christmas presents uh, and, it, and obviously it, it, you know it, it upset a lot of the, the establishment because you know Wingate doesn't play the establishment game he rubs everyone up the wrong way he's quite rude to those in authority uh, as long as he gets his way uh, and, and he's come back to Burma um, with with the you know a, a unique proposition of of the uh, of the first air commando and, and that forms his ideas for the next uh, invasion of Burma by the Chindits in March 44. As his planning was always going to be that they'd march in again. And, and, and Cochrane says, what do you mean march in? We'll fly you in. <laughs> uh, and, and, and then you've got these, uh, the, these British soldiers who, who, who suddenly become airborne troops and they start training in gliders with, with, with the uh, first air commando. Um, and, and, and I think one of the fabulous things about when you read the, the history of it and, and the interviews with the British troops is the, is the real bond they had with the, with the air commando in, in this period. Um, you know, they, they were really tight. And one of the things I, I, I say in, 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 in the book in trying to assess the 
the efficacy of the chidbits and the successes of the chidbits and the contribution of the chidbits to, to, to the victory in Burma is you have to think of the, of the, of, of the operation as a, as a twinned operation. You can't have the chidbits without the air commando. You, know, you, you have to see it as a, as a, as a combined force. That, that's what made it effective. Um, and you know, it, it gave the chidbits mobility. It gave them air power with our, our air artillery, with uh, you know, with, with, with dive bombers and, uh, and, and rocket launched uh, ordnance. So, so that you know, the, the chidbits would radio from the ground the guys into a target, you know, in very close proximity. And one of the things that that, that, that Wingate developed was he'd have an RAF officer with each chindit column who could a tell the the air the air where to land the supplies what's the best place to put supplies down and and b what's the best approach to attack a target so you had a, you say you had a, 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 an raf officer in conjunction with the ground troops marching with them who could guide in the the um, the air part of the force um, so that, that's kind of sort of where, where we get to um, pre the, the, the March operation. And it's an amazing composite, as you were saying. One thing that I find really interesting as well is I can only imagine the moral effect, not only of knowing that you have aerial resupply coming and you have uh, fire support coming, but medical evacuation would have been yeah. considered uh, very yeah. highly uh, among these folks. Whereas before in the, uh, the, was it the long cloth operation, if you got wounded, you were being left behind because yeah, they couldn't pack you out. <laughs> That's right. And, and, and with, the, um, with, with the air commando, what I didn't say was they also had this light plane force that came along with it as well. So they had four wings of, uh, uh, of light planes, L, L1s and L5s, I think they were. And uh, they were split into four groups. I think uh, Stillwell, who had the Chinese and American force in the north of, of uh, Burma, uh, he was the American uh, general, of course, uh, with a long history in China uh, and, and, and Burma operations. He, he had one one flight of that, and uh, the others were allocated to British forces, and a couple of those were allocated to the to the Chindit specifically. And as you say, you get injured, you would be flown out the same day. You get med, you know, medevaced by air to, uh, to to get treatment, and you know, as you say, the morale rising aspect of that is uh, is fabulous now when i was reading your book one thing that i found fascinating was this idea that wingate is the guy with the composite force now and so he's pioneering new techniques but he wasn't really given credit for those techniques by the establishment and yeah. so what was the if you could explain the, the the source of that jealousy maybe he was getting all the press and he was a relatively minor guy and nobody really cared for his attitude because um, I know that General Slim in the official records and then in his book, uh, Defeat into Victory, you know, it indicated, yeah. yes, they you know, were of some minor tactical value. They did some interesting things with aircraft, but we were learning those lessons anyway. And I'm thinking, well, how are you learning those lessons if the only guy who had that kind of air support was Wingate? So I'd, I'd like to hear your take on that. Yeah, I, I, yeah it, 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 it's a valid question. I, I think the, the historical challenge, I think, is... is is, is, is twofold. You know, it, 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 you know, we know that history is written by the victor, um, but it's also written by the survivor. And Wingate wasn't around 
because he, he he died during the second operation quite early on in a in a plane crash um, with an American crew. Um, uh, and incidentally, he's buried at Arlington National Cemetery with that American air crew. But the, rema the remains ended up in Arlington National Cemetery, so Wingate is actually buried in Arlington National Cemetery. That is fascinating. That's a detail that I have missed. That's really interesting. Um, so, so you know, because Wingate wasn't there to defend the the story of the Chindits, uh, and also the Chindits were disbanded in February '45. So they, they, they were there to take part in the final push on Rangoon and the liberation of Burma. Um, it was relatively easy, I think, for the establishment to minimise their contribution. Uh, and also Slim, up until the victories at Kohima, when they were defending India against the Japanese in uh, March of 44, simultaneous with the Chinda invasion of Burma, I should add, um, you know, his, his reputation in London wasn't great. Churchill never rated him particularly. Uh, you know, he wasn't, you know, one of Churchill's favourite generals by any means. And his reputation was, was, was uh, created in, in, in the subsequent advance across Burma by the British. But, you know, Slim did do you know, a fantastic job retraining the British for jungle fighting at the same time that Wingate was operating, you know, and... But I, I think it was just Wingate's death that stopped, stopped him claiming the credit. And, and, and it was relegated by, by Slim, who became the, the colossus of the Burma campaign. Uh, and to some extent, aided and abetted by Mountbatten, who was the supreme uh, commander of Southeast Asia's command, to whom they both served. Um, and, a, and a, you know, a, a, a lot of the narrative of the reconquest of Burma was was, was one that became Mountbatten's story of how brilliant he was, and uh, and, and Slim of how brilliant he was, uh, and someone's reputation had to suffer. And I, and I think there's evidence that Slim really chafed under what he thought the unequal um, fame that Wingate had relative to the force that he commanded. Um, but, but as I point out in the book, you know, if, if, if you actually look at what the Chinbits contributed at the tactical level in the engagements they, they, they were in, that March, certainly in that March um, to August campaign, partly with, partly with Stillwell under American command at that point for the last few months of that campaign, um, at the tactical and the strategic for the uh, the the uh, the destruction of the of the Japanese supplies that were trying to get through to Kohima, where the British were defending uh, the Indian border, um, very much dismissed by Slim in defeat of the victory. But if you look at the Japanese records, the Japanese debriefs uh, that, that 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 were done, I think mainly by American uh, interviewers uh, after the war. You know, they very much give credit to Wingate as transforming the way the British were perceived and destabilizing the Japanese strategy for the defense of Burma. Um, 
and I think it just comes down to just like it comes down to you know sadly Wingate died in March 44 and he wasn't there to press home the stake and stake the claim for what the Chindits achieved and over the last 70 years you know we've we've seen the Chindits try to get some sort of credit back for what they achieved um, and, and to some extent they they did get recognition but, but as I point out in the book if you read any modern history of the Second World War, certainly of the Burma campaign. The narrative by very famous authors, you know, I, 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 I sort of, sort of, certainly don't get myself as a, a <laughs> famous author, you know, I'm just an enthusiast. But, you know, all of these you know, famous military historians, they defer to the establishment record. They, you know, they don't do any additional research. They don't look into the archives. They just take the, the, the official British history that was set up by the cabinet office uh, in the 1950s by a guy called Kirby, who, who, who served in, in, in Burma under Slim, who had a real problem with Wingate and Wingate didn't think much of him and they clashed quite a lot. And Kirby clearly took his revenge. And a lot of the uh, pro-Chindit uh, historians and, and veterans as well thought Kirby was the, the one behind this revisionist history. But if you actually dig into the records of the interviews that took place by Kirby, it's the interviews with Slim that set the narrative. Very interesting. For me, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to denigrate what Slim achieved, because you know, it was a fantastic achievement in terms of what uh, you know, a badly, uh, relatively badly equipped British army achieved in, in Burma in appalling conditions. Um, but the, the denigration of Wingate and the Chindit's achievement, I, I, as I say in the book, it's, it, it, it's really there to slip. I think your book goes a very long way to restoring the balance in that narrative, sir. Uh, yeah, I hope so. So one question for you, and I know that uh, historians don't like to deal in counterfactuals, but I yeah. would be interested in hearing what you think. If, had Wingate survived, what, what do you think his next steps would have been? Yeah. Um, well, there's a, there's, there's, a, there's a strong um, strand of thought there that he would have um, gone to Israel uh, in, in the early days of the Israeli state and, and uh, would have served in a military capacity at a very high level. Uh, he, he was very close to the uh, political leadership emerging in Israel at that time. So did he retain uh, correspondence and connections with them even while he was operating in Burma? Uh, his family certainly did. Um, uh, yeah, uh, his, his wife was still in contact with uh, uh, political leaders in Israel. Um, I think it would have been a dangerous game for him to play to have done anything that was overtly visible. Uh, given that he sort of had his card marked during his time in Palestine by the British Army, and to be fair, he had his he had his hands pretty full. Certainly. Uh, do you think he would have gone so far as to have resigned and been uh, fully embraced to the the emerging Israeli state and be, become a military leader for the Israeli Defense Force, or do you think he would have tried to get back there as part of the British military establishment? It, uh, I, the thinking is is that he had plans to resign. That's absolutely fascinating. I want to retire from the British Army and, and, and go to Israel because he, he, he became 
uh, a committed Zionist from his time in Palestine. Just a very, very interesting character from his, his yeah, very, very well, I really appreciate your time, sir. Where this has been a fantastic discussion. Uh, you, you, the information you share with the audience is great. Uh, the book, again, guys, is called Lions in the Jungle uh, by Mr. Martin Sandbrook. You can get it on Amazon. I got my copy via Kindle. It's a, it's a fantastic read. It takes you yeah. all the way from the Hall of Power down to uh, the, uh, operating in the jungle within the, the combined force of the, the Chindits and the 1st Air Commandos. A, uh, as, as an effective combined force as the Devil's Brigade with the, the Americans and the Canadians as you have the, the Chindits and the 1st Air Commandos with the British and the Americans, but uh, far less press. So uh, Mr. Sandbrook's gone uh, to great lengths to correct that fact, and I hope you all enjoyed the book. So Mr. Sandbrook, once again, thank you for joining us. Cheers, Ben. Take care. Right. Good night, sir. Good